You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Bauckham, and this is the Save the Marriage Podcast. The podcast that has been downloaded now almost 5 million times. I think we're at 4.8 million downloads now. It, it, it amazes me. But what that tells me is that there are so many people who are in hurting relationships who are trying to find a way forward, and that's the case for you. And what we do here is try to provide you with some steps, some ways to move forward, some at least beginning points to help you understand where things went wrong, how they got into trouble. And one way to do that, to make sure that I'm speaking to you, since you're listening, is by answering your questions. And today I'm actually answering two questions that were submitted. And the initial for the first name of both people is a T, uh, but that's not the reason I put them together. They're going to sound like they're not related when I read them. And then as I move into them, I think you're going to see why they're related. I'm going to give you some feedback on each of the questions separately, but just to overall, just un- understand it. So uh, let's just jump into it uh, because that seems to make the most sense. And, and by the way, if you're interested in submitting a question, the email address to use to do that is podcast at savethemarriage.com. That's the only way to do it, podcast at savethemarriage.com. Don't message me on social media. It doesn't make it to the right place. You need to send it there. Um, And part of what I'm looking for is what I call the Goldilocks question. That's the one that is, you know, not too hot, not too cold, not too hard, not too soft, um, meaning that I need to make sure that it applies to uh, lots of people in a common scenario, but it's not so broad. So that, that's the one mistake people do is they send me this long email and basically they say, so how do I save my marriage? Well, I've created programs and written books on how to do that. There's no way I could cover all of that material in a you know, 15, 20, 25 minute podcast. So that's too broad. And then there are the ones who will give me lots and lots and lots of information that makes it almost too specific, so specific that it really is a coaching question. At that point, they need to book a coaching session, uh, maybe because it's so involved or because it's so specific to that situation. And uh, so if you've got a Goldilocks kind of question where it fits in the middle of that, that would apply to lots of people, but also be helpful to you, I would love to receive your question. Again, podcast at savethemarriage.com. Okay, back to the T's. T number one, You say, I've listened to your advice about what to do in a relationship when the other spouse is totally checked out and does not believe the marriage will work. I started to listen to you about a month after my marriage crumbled and I already did all the things you say not to do. And here we are. Uh, Lately, I've been trying to stay calm and let a lot of things go because I want my marriage to be saved. But since I already did all those wrong things in the beginning... Then here and there, I would have a bad night and take steps back. Do you think I ruined any chances to reconnect and fix this marriage? So let me break that down into a simple question. I made lots of mistakes. Is it too late? Okay. The second question, the next T, uh, after lots of background information, boils it down to this. Um, Should I continue or others continue doing what we are doing and that would be working on the reconnection. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. In hopes that the connection will return with no real discussions about it. 
Okay, so what this person is trying to do is reconnect the relationship and bring it back. So here is uh, some, some things I, I want to say to each individual of those, and then I'm going to talk about why these are related. So first of all, you made mistakes. Yep. That's what everybody does that comes to my program. In fact, that's why I put the top 10 things not to do, right? The top five things not to do are immediate first aid. But those things not to do when you're working on saving your relationship is so you basically aren't digging the, do the hole deeper, right? You're not making things worse because you've already discovered there's a crisis. And the last thing you want to do is make the crisis more complicated, and so part of what often happens is I'm naming these things is people are like, they found me, you know, a little too late to avoid that, or they get so emotional that they step right into that. So what happens then? Well, you keep moving forward, right? And so is it too late? The answer is no, it is not too late. I mean, it's possible that you can't save your relationship, but because you've made mistakes, does that make it too late? No. No, it does not. Now, to the next question, do we keep doing the, the things we've been doing? Okay, so I want to clarify that there are times when I hear people talk about what they're doing to save the relationship, and I'm like, I, that, I, I wouldn't suggest that. For instance, if you're using manipulation techniques or, you know, um, reverse psychology techniques, right, or the no contact rule, do you continue that? No. However, if you're using my advice on working on yourself, changing yourself to get to a better place, and if you're trying to create that place of being a we, right, a team, we are in this relationship. It's that entity of seeing a marriage as being a we rather than a you and me or worse yet, a you versus me. So if you're doing that work and you're also trying to reconnect, remember that's the big issue that ruins relationships is that you've not fostered the connection. Maybe it was because the anger built up, the resentment built up, and so you pull back on your connection or more likely you just neglected it. It's neglect, not connect, right? And, and that leads to other problems. And so these are the reasons that these two are related. Because it's basically, here I am, what do I do? And so let me just kind of point that both, both of these people have made some changes. This is, this is kind of the unifying thing. They've made some changes, right? First T is trying to stop doing those mistakes, you know, trying to get to a better place. Don't make those same mistakes. Second T has made some big steps in changing the relationship and and changing the absence of more than anything else, so trying to get back to that connection point. So the changes have been made, and the question is, what now? Well, there's something behind, lurking behind both of these, and that is the discussion. In fact, that's what the second T ended up with. It's the hope that the connection will return with no real discussions about it. Okay. Now, if I go to the first T, one of the things I say don't do is don't have the relationship talk. And so I need to distinguish here when I'm saying that. I'm not talking about, you know, if your spouse says, hey, we need to talk, you say, oh, nope, not going to do that, right? That's resistance. That's not going to help. It's when you have thought through what you're going to say and you have this script in your mind of how you're going to approach this, right? 
we humans are great script writers, and it would be great if other people were listening to our same script. You can probably think about how many times has been true. You know, maybe you're you, you think about a conversation you're going to have with a coworker, or you think about a conversation you're going to have with a child or even a parent or a sibling or a friend or a spouse. And in your mind, you're thinking about how it's going to go. And you step in and you say your first line. And maybe what they say stays in line with your script, but maybe it goes right off you know, the rails right then, at least the, your rails. It's now on their rails because they probably have been thinking about that too. And suddenly you're having this conversation that is not on script in your mind. What's the problem with that? Well, now you're floundering. And the panic that sets in when that script is not happening means that we start getting into that fight-flight mode. And suddenly we start getting argumentative or dismissive or avoidant and suddenly we have a stuck point because now we have two people who are having off the script conversations. Don't know where it's going. (laughs) And that usually gets us into trouble. That doesn't mean you can't talk about the relationship if your spouse says, hey, we need to talk about things. But let me be clear. When I watch couples talking about their relationship, they're doing nothing to relate. They tend to be trying to prove the other person wrong. They tend to be trying to get the other person to see the world the right way, and I'll put that in air quotes, which is your way, right? Because we have a way of understanding things. So what would I recommend in both these cases? The first thing is my four C's of how you manage yourself in this process. The four C's of being calm, constant, consistent, and courageous. If you've read my or listened to my podcast from way early, you heard the three C's, right, of being calm, constant, consistent. And then I had somebody I was talking with that said, you know, I've added a fourth C for myself of being courageous because I keep taking action even though I'm scared to death. And I'm like, oh, gosh, that's true every time. There's a fourth C, calm, constant, consistent, courageous. So the calm needs to be in your overall demeanor, right? Not pressured, not pushing. I often hear of people who are um, you know, feeling like there's a time crunch. And so they start getting um, extra pushy with a spouse. And the problem with being extra pushy with a spouse is they feel like they're being crowded. And whenever we feel like we're being crowded, we try to create space. Most people aren't used to just managing feeling crowded at all. We try to push away because of our fear of intimacy. And unfortunately, what that creates is a play back and forth between the fear of intimacy on one person who's feeling crowded and the fear of abandonment on the other person who's crowding because they fear that they're going to be abandoned, right? And back and forth that goes. So you have to find a place where you internally can be calm and act calm. And if you can't actually be calm, at least to be acting that way. Okay, so that's calm. Constant. That means that you are doing this work on a regular basis. Not like you did something this week and then you kind of set it off to the side and fall into the disconnection. And then in a couple of weeks, a couple of days, a couple of months, whatever the time frame, you go, oh, oh, I need to work on this again. So you come back, but doing it on a constant basis. Now, let me say that constant does not mean 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you're trying to connect with your spouse. That's overwhelming. 
but on a constant basis, meaning, you know, regular. I am um, on a constant basis exercising. Does that mean 24 hours a day I'm exercising or even 12 hours a day? No, but it's constant. Every morning I get up and do my walk. You know, I, I have some other exercise routines I put in there. It's constant that I'm thinking about that and processing that and, and having that as part of my life. And then there's a consistent piece, right? Consistent means that you're actually doing things that fit together. For instance, I, I talked about that manipulation piece, right? The reverse psychology, the no contact stuff, the things that are floating out on the internet about what to do to save your marriage that are hogwash, to say it nicely. And those uh, approaches aren't very consistent if what you're trying to do is connect, right? So my belief, well-founded belief, founded in research and in practice, is that a marriage is nurtured by connection. A marriage is never helped by manipulation. It's never helped by uh, no contact or anything else because no contact is the opposite of connection, right? And so you want to make sure you're doing things that fit together. That's why I ask people to try to follow my steps and my tools of connection that I include with my VIP program and, and some other approaches because I know it's consistent. Internally, it's consistent with my approach. And the last thing is courageous because sometimes it's hard to do this work, right? Why, is, why are these two T's asking me? Because there's a part of them going, man, do I just give up? If this isn't going to work out, that's T1's question is, you know, is, is it too late? I've made these mistakes. T2 hidden question is, I mean, do I just keep going on along and, you know, what do I do? So behind all of that is the fact that it, it means you have to step up. So people often ask, should I work on saving my marriage? And I will say, honestly, that is up to you to choose that one way or the other. It's up to you to choose that. But know that the temptation is to take the easy way out. And so they'll have a second question. Do you think I can save my marriage? That's embedded in both of these questions. My response is, I'm not sure if you can save your marriage. I do know my approach works with lots of marriages. In fact, the majority of marriages. And when I was working with couples, my rate was about 80% success working directly with couples. It's not the same when someone buys my system. And and there's a, a very clear reason for that. Sometimes people buy products and then they don't use them. You can probably look around your house. I know I can and look at the books I haven't read and, you know, the devices I don't use and the spices I don't use in my food. And and so just because you bought it, you know, doesn't mean anything. You have to apply it. But here's what I do know. When people don't apply it, they end up on the course that they're currently on, which is usually the ending of the relationship. So do I know whether you can save your marriage? No. I do know what happens if you don't work to save your marriage and take that courageous action. So four C's, calm, constant, consistent, courageous. Now, let me just note that both people writing in have made their changes. That's what you've got to do in order to move forward. You can't keep doing the same thing you were doing, hoping that somehow that translates into success. It didn't, didn't work before, right? And so you've got to decide you're going to make these changes. When you make a change, I believe that includes being accountable. Well, accountable 
generally means that you make an apology and make amends. Accountable leads to apology and amends. Accountable means you're going to say, hey, I'm responsible for, for this part. I'm responsible for my role in this relationship. I'm never asking people to say, it's all my fault, but this is my fault. This is my responsibility. And I am sorry for that. I apologize. I hope you can forgive me. That's the apology. In fact, I have an apology letter formula that I share in my VIP program. Um, and it takes a, an extensive amount of training because a lot of people step into that in ways that aren't as beneficial as they could be if they had a formula to, to use. And so I, I created that. And then to make amends. And what does that mean? that you're trying to make up for the mistakes you made, right? And so T1, I made the mistakes. Okay, can you make up for that? Can you, if you were argumentative and other pieces of the things I say not to do, can you go back and apologize for begging and pleading and, and whatever else was going on then, right? And then make some changes because the next thing is if you decide to make changes, there's no going back. You You can't... You know, decide that you're going to, to, to make some changes only to reverse course the next week, and you really didn't make any changes, right? I mean, that, the nature of an apology is that you recognize you did something wrong and you're not going to repeat it. If you repeat it, you negate the apology, right? So make the changes and make sure you're, there's no going back. Which brings up kind of an interesting model. I want you to think in, in your head. Um, in therapy for years, we would talk about first order change and second order change in systems theory. The, the difference between the two, a first order change is when you do something really that, I mean, the positive side is it stabilizes the system. You, you change some behavior. So your spouse says, hey, you know, I, I, I don't want to be around you because you would raise your voice. And so you stop raising your voice. You don't make any actual real changes in your life. Right, so you're still angry, you're still upset, the same thing is going on, but you don't yell, you don't raise your voice. That can help stabilize the situation, but there's not been really a deep change to that. A second order change is when you actually change your interactive style and it changes the system. So the first one is you do something that'll just stabilize, right? It's like you're treating a symptom. So let's, let's draw the analogy kind of like if you got sick. So let's say you have uh, some virus, some cold, you're feeling bad. And so the first order change would be you take some Tylenol to help with the headache. Second order change may be that you actually do something to fight off that, that infection. You take an antibiotic or, or you, you know, do something in particular that actually gets to the source of this. It gets down below that and fights the cause of the problem. So in marriage, maybe you break the habit of, of arguing, but you never change the conflict. You never resolve it. Resolving the conflict, as I, I talked about this just this last week on my VIP training, you, when you change, you solve the conflict. You actually solve what has maybe been a perpetual conflict, you've changed the system. If you just stop raising your voice, you can still be in different levels of conflict and maybe you it feels better because you're not yelling at each other anymore, but you're still unresolved on whatever was behind that. That's a first order and a second order change. 
there is such a thing as a third order change where you actually change the paradigm. You change how you understand the marriage. For instance, many times it's a third order change when people go from thinking you versus me to we, right? So let's put, kind of put that in the context. You've been arguing a lot, and so the relationship has become you versus me. And you do something, and it stabilizes that. You stop the open versus piece, right? The open fighting. And that might get you to you and me, right? And so if you change that interaction style, at least you and me feels a lot better. And so you become very good at being you and me. But a third order change after first order, second order, the third order change would be when you go, wait, we are in this together and we're in this together for life. And many people have a hard time making that final change. But that's that's when it you really get down to it. Right. That's what I've been pushing for for a long time is to get people to make not just a first order change. That's fine to start the process. Not just a second order change. That's great to change the system. But third order change, when you actually understand the whole thing differently, you have a whole paradigm shift. That's what we're aiming for. All right, so the two T's, uh, uh, hopefully that answered your question. Absolutely, you can recover marriage after you made mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. It is absolutely possible to do that. And yes, you do want to continue, second T, the changes that you've made, but you want to expand the connection. That's what you're always trying to do is, is create more and more. So it's not just staying at the same level, but increasing the connection between the two of you. And in the end, trying to change the paradigm that you have together. Okay, so hopefully that, that got you the answers and hopefully that speaks to lots of people's kind of stuck points and questions. If you really want to step into this and you don't have my system, grab my system. Savethemarriage.com is the place to start. That's savethemarriage.com. Grab the system. And while you're there getting the system, it's a one-time offer. It's the only time I offer it is a free week of VIP. And so you can jump in and use the tools. So if you missed that, if you passed on that, you can still join VIP by going to savethemarriage.com slash VIP. That's savethemarriage.com slash VIP. And you can join. It's just you're jumping in to take advantage of all, all those tools. Okay, this is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you continue your work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.